0: You are now listening to the Motivational Mentors podcast with your hosts,
1: Luke Burrows. Touch on morning routines. I think people have to find something that works for them.
0: And Arsenio, Buck. hey, Arsenio, let's go party! Hey, party! If someone asks me to party right now, Luke, come on! What the hell's a part? A party? What? A party for what?
1: All right, what is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Motivational Mentors. And me and Arsenio are super pumped up for today because we are joined by transformational speaker. and storyteller Perry Power. I'll set me Perry, how are you guys doing?
0: Been pretty good, man. Perry, it's good to see you, brother.
2: Mate, it's always good to see you. I'm doing fantastic.
0: <laughs> How's everything going out there in England? I know you guys are out there in England. Of course, I'm out here in Thailand. So, uh, man, it's good to see you again. Perry, we did a recent podcast and whatnot. So... Which was awesome, Yeah. Yeah. And now we got you on here. So uh we did a great job and Luke, good stuff. Uh we're again we're lining up so many different people, but uh man, we're gonna be talking about what are we talking about today, Luke? I want you to introduce the topic.
1: Okay, well, basically, guys, because we have Perry on and he is a master of his craft at storytelling, uh Perry's really? gonna be talking about how to basically um use storytelling for your brand. So for you entrepreneurs out there, this is definitely an episode for you. So um yeah, definitely listen up to all of the nugget bombs that Perry is about to drop. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, it's going to be serious. It's going to go down.
0: So Perry, tell, give us an introduction of yourself, man, uh, whichever way you want to take it. And yeah, we'll just go from there.
1: Yeah, cool. Right.
2: So intro about me. I, uh, from London, UK, been in entrepreneurship for about five years. Um, and when I first,
1: well, I actually got into it. I, You, know, you guys know Juice Plus? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so you got into it through network marketing like myself. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I, exactly. I was 19 years old, just come out of college and somebody did a post saying, you know, that typical, how would you like to earn an extra 200 pounds a month? And I'm like, Ooh, that'd be great. So I went into that. Right. And, um, sort of learned some skills. That's actually where I started to speak as well. Um, and then a year and a half into it, I realized that it wasn't actually for me, but that actually was like my sort of groundwork. Because from there, I went and became a personal trainer and then became an online coach, which I'm still doing now, but it's not my main focus. Um, and I got into digital marketing and within the five years, I was doing everything under the sun because I just, I lacked clarity, right? Um, and then, so that, that that's that's sort of the main journey for me through entrepreneurship, but then My true transformation and what made me become a storyteller is I, one, I'm an actor. I went to acting school, studied acting at university, did everything. That's my big dream, my big vision. Um, and I sort of come from a, a background where so like my, my, my nan's husband, when I was 10 years old, he sexually abused me. Right. And I kept that with me for like over 14 years. And then my dad passed away in 2017 last year and I realized that I didn't want to go down the same road as my dad in terms of keeping stuff to himself. So I then went on a journey of building out my own story, breaking through the chain, holding me back, finding forgiveness. And then when I released my story, which one I did for myself, people started to message me. People started to put me on a pedestal, which I was quite, I didn't know how to handle it, but I used that my, to my advantage too help inspire other people and then it just blew up from there with with storytelling
1: yeah so i mean you started to tell a bit more of your story like on the podcast um but like i suppose what comes to me is people that maybe don't want to tell their story because it may be too painful that so what would be some tips for you know for that if that makes sense Yeah, uh, yes so, Dan,
0: you had that problem uh perry of course when you came onto my podcast so yeah we'll be a little interested in that
1: yes
2: right so I, I get that usually with like you get a couple of type of people when it comes to building another personal story. you've got one type of person who believes that they haven't gone through anything special so there's no point in sharing it you have another person who believes that they've gone through horrific things right and they don't feel like they should share it because no one can relate to it right mm. and then you got the other side with, which is the same person person number two who's been through horrific things, but I don't want to share it because they're afraid of being judged. And that person was me, right? So I got sexually abused at 10 years old by my granddad. I didn't want to share that because that's not something you just start talking about over a a Sunday dinner, right? And I was like, people are going to judge me. People are going to hate me. And for me, this this is the thing, right? For me to overcome that barrier of actually sharing it, I went to a mastermind event. So I put myself into... Well, here's the thing. I didn't plan it. I didn't plan to actually talk about my story. I didn't plan anything, right? Is like literally something possessed me. So somebody said to me, Perry, to share yourself with these other guys. And, um, and I was thinking to myself, and I was thinking about my dad, how he passed away. He's always wearing a mask, um, going through life, not living his true self. He's living his identity, and he was just too afraid to, to share his vulnerability, basically. And for me, how I was able to overcome my barrier of sharing my story is just because I sort of looked at what was on the line. I was like, right, if I do carry on keeping this in myself, if I carry on, if I fast forward 15, 20 years, who am I going to be? And I didn't like that vision. I didn't like the person who I was going to be in 15, 20 years keeping this inside my own head because there was just a little bit of a chance that I may go down the same road as my dad. And that is becoming an alcoholic having a heart attack, and passing away before the age of 50, right? Mm. That stuff could have been prevented, but it didn't, and I didn't want to go down the same road. So at that point, I was like, right, it's time to become part of something greater. I need to share this for me because I don't want to be like that. And that was how I overcame it.
0: Mm. So when it it comes down to you basically put yourself into – the shoes of other people and then what ended up happening was what am i trying to say here is you know it's kind of like with my story was it difficult for me to talk about you know the family that i've come from and the things that i had to go through and the things that i had to go through here i didn't really look at i wasn't afraid to be judged now was that one of the things now you were telling me that you were on video and you were getting ready to tell the whole world, you know, about, you know, you know, what you had to go through or what you went through in terms of, you know, your grandfather uh, sexually molesting you. And you were scared as hell. You were terrified. What, what do you think? What, why do you think that was? Is it, was it because you were afraid of what other people may have thought of you? You were afraid of what people would probably categorize you as? And how were you able to get over that last hump? That was probably it because, of course, thinking about it going all the way up until that point probably was very distressing. And then when you finally said, okay, I can't believe it. And you told me, you said you stopped, what, six, seven times before you actually told that story. Yeah. What was, was it you, did you just say, you know what, to hell with this, I'm going to be unapologetic of what I've been through and you just hurled yourself out there. How'd you do that?
2: Yeah. So that is what I call, um, when I go through storytelling with clients, I always say to them, what was your defining moment? We all have defining moments, right? That was my defining moment because that changed the game as soon as I made that decision. Now I, we all going to have different views, right? So for me, I was feared of being judged. I was feared of being outcasted, right? Because this is the thing. I lived inside my own head for 14 years and there is no positive outcome when it comes to living inside your own head because you have no outside view. You don't have somebody else giving their point of view on what you've been through. You've only got your own view, right? Because you're living inside of here. So when I, whenever I would revisit that experience, I would hate myself just a little bit more. And over 14 years, that piles up because I never spoke out about it. That was my thing. I never put a stop to it. Right. I never did this. I never did that. Basically I will on. I lived my whole life as a victim to that event. I was a victim to my own story rather than the hero, mm,
0: that's, right? Mm, that's a good point. Good job. Yeah.
2: So I was like, I know that that's holding me back. So I need to share it and mainly I need to find forgiveness. But I wasn't able to find forgiveness before I shared that story, though. That's the one thing I do want to highlight. Some people, that may be different, but for me, I didn't work on forgiveness or anything like that. I shared the story first because I was like, I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy. So when I was in that car and it was on like take six or take seven, and all of these fears, basically 14 years worth of judgment, worth of thoughts, hate, whatever, was all coming together, right? And I thought that everyone else was going to think what I've been thinking about myself for 14 years. That was my issue, right? Because I'm like, if I think about this by myself, everyone else is going to think about it. It wouldn't make sense if they didn't, right? So I just, and to be honest, when I was going to take six or take seven, but the only thing going through my mind was just just do it. Just, just, just do it. Just stop thinking, stop procrastinating. Yeah, it may go to pots. Yeah, this may happen. Yeah, that may happen. But listen, Perry, you don't know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. just to just do it because this is the thing you've been living the same way for fourteen years. You can carry on living the same way, or you can make a change. And this change may be better or maybe worse, but you won't know, right? So,
1: so, sorry. So so this was a live stream, you then?
2: No, it was just it was a pre-recorded video.
1: A pre-recorded video. Okay. So so you you posted that online?
2: Yep, on Facebook. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what was like the I suppose response you got? Just just loads of people messaging you, reaching out. Yeah.
2: So this is the thing, right? So when I first posted the video, um, I sat in my car for about five or 10 minutes just contemplating what on earth have I done, right? And then um, I go onto my Facebook and I see over 100 views and there was about, I can't remember, like five or six likes, one comment. And in my head, I was like, hold on a second, over 100 people have seen this, but only only five people have liked it and one have commented. I was like, that means there's over 80 people who hate this, right? That was going through my mind. And I got angry, I drove home. But when I drove home, which was about 20 minutes later, I looked at the video, boom, it blew up. Like it blew up with people loving it, people commenting and people, people messaging me. Every single bit of it was positivity. They were like, wow, you're amazing. Thank you for sharing this. You are awesome. What you've been through, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just basically just pure love and welcoming. The complete opposite of what I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. But because you were maybe in your in your own head about that kind of what, what 100 yeah
2: 100 percent, yeah but everybody yeah. the majority of people live inside their own head which yeah. is one of the big things about this
0: that's very interesting um just over- overthinking you know it, that's <laughs> that like the yeah. you know what i mean it's like I, when i say overthinking i think of all these videos that people put out like in terms of a dog that what that doesn't want to jump like three inches off this board, and he keeps stutter-stepping for probably like 10 minutes, then finally he gets down, and he realizes there was nothing there. I mean, it's just. yeah, yeah. And, if, and the thing is, what if they start judging you? What would you have done if they would have started judging you? It doesn't really matter what they think. And, and this is the thing, man. When you're able to just put all yourself out there, what I've been telling Luke so much about. I'm so open about speaking about my family. I'm open about my mother and my father and uh, you know everything I've been through because, I mean, hey, I'm not hiding anything anymore. What can you do to me now? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so I know there's another aspect, of course, you could you know uh, talk about. But again, there were, you said, I remember you were telling me, there were like three different pillars of, uh, what is it, of storytelling that you can implement throughout a story that will ultimately create your story. So you got to define a moment and there were a couple of others. So if oh, yeah. this is like for a beginner right now, let's say there's a beginner listening to this right now. Of course, storytelling is branded, we'll get into that soon. Uh, but how can they start putting their story together? Because people have unbelievable stories that need to be heard. It's not about them anymore, it's about them inspiring the other people who are going through the same thing. So how, mm-hmm. can, they, how can they piece these things together?
2: Yeah, uh, great question. Now, a lot of people, they really struggle with that. Like, Let's just say we're talking to the person right now who they're like, okay, yeah, I've been through a few things, but how do I even talk about it? How do I even connect the dots and piece it together? Right? And this is the thing. I mean, if they, because what they're doing right there is they're just trying to focus on the end goal. And that I think is preventing them from even starting. So with what they need to do is what I call your chapters, right? So all books are made up of chapters. We are like walking books, right? We've gone through so many chapters that have formed the person that we are today and has created a vision for us to be able to move forward. So what I say to you listeners right now is just sit down, piece of pen, a pen and a piece of paper, and I literally just want you to just start from the beginning. Start from the beginning, right? Now, I don't want you to write down memories like you remember your mum buying you your first ice cream because that, that's, that's no sort of, um, what I want you to do is have a look back on the memories, but these memories formed you in some way to the person that you are now. So maybe you went through something doesn't have to be astronomically bad. It can be good or bad, but you learned lessons from that experience. So I want you to go back through time, write out your chapters, name it. So, um, so let's just say, uh, so for me, there was one, I'm, I'm going to talk about a, a good one rather than just always it being bad. Um, is that one of my chapters was called creating an American football team. So when I went to college, they didn't have American football as an extracurricular, right? And I was like, I, "What well, I want it. And they said, well, if you want it, you've got to go out and create it. We can't really help you with this. So I had to go out, I had to find the funding from the British lottery. I had to find a coach, I had to find the equipment, I had to go around the college and ask for players to join up to the training. I had to find field space and I managed to get it all together, form the football team and then got into the college league. That was a huge achievement for me, but that's a huge chapter because I was able to create something out of nothing. Yes. Right? So for you listeners, it doesn't have to be just bad, but bad and good, but they memories where you created something from it. Write down those chapters. Okay. Right? Um, and something that's very important to, very, very important actually, which I think is absolutely beautiful, is that when you start to tap into your memories, other new memories get unlocked, so to speak right so like let's just say for example right now you go into you try to tap into your memory and you write out maybe five or six chapters in your life now very quickly people say oh how many chapters should i have there's no limit it could be five it could be 500 right you create five or six chapters maybe tomorrow i don't know you flick the kettle on and that triggered a memory and you're like, Oh, wait, I, I forgot about that one. Go back to that piece of the paper. You should be consistently adding to this chapter list all the time because there will always be memories that get unlocked. So that's just a point that I want to sort of make clear with that, which I think is beautiful. And it's crazy. Like a couple of weeks ago, somebody, I was talking to one of my clients and he was talking to me about this alcohol. alcohol. He, he had an addiction to alcohol when he was in college in America. And um, he talked to me through that experience. I was like, that unlocked a memory for me because I went to university. I only lasted one term. I was on my last warning because I was partying six nights out of seven a week, right? Went to three lectures in that first term. And that was a decision where I was like, right, Perry, you're here for the wrong reasons. And I dropped out of uni, moved back in with my parents. But here's the thing. I couldn't remember that. It was always blocked whenever I tried to think about my chapters. But he said something that triggered it. So just remember that there will always be things like that. But create your chapters. That is the first step for you guys.
1: Okay. Uh, so from, from there, um, how do they, you know, make that a part of their, I suppose their brand, you know?
2: Yeah. So, um, exactly. Uh, storytelling, definitely personal storytelling is in my eyes, people may agree or not, but in my eyes it is the most important thing when it comes to your personal brand and building it, where it becomes scalable and profitable. And, um, for you to connect here's something very important. I want you guys to listen to that. When it comes to connecting your story to your brand, i.e. your business, a lot of people are like, well, uh, let's just say there's somebody who's a Facebook advertising specialist, and they're like, well, how do I connect my story to my Facebook advertisement agency? I'm like, here's the thing, right? Your story doesn't have to directly link to your business, but what you've been through has served your business. Right? So what I mean by that is, People are so heavily focused on trying to get them into like their personal brand by their services, whatever it is, through their personal story, but they're jumping one step ahead. Like you need to keep it to the basics. So all you need to start doing is just creating your story. So you got your chapters, and then out of your chapters, you want to get your defining moments. Out of those chapters, which one really stands out? And you're like, you know what? That chapter right there, I remember being in that spot and my back was against the wall. And I call it my all is lost moment. So, Like everything's lost and you've got two options. One is to stand up and make something of yourself and fight back or the other one is to quit right now. Here's the thing when you, you obviously made that decision to stand up and fight against or fight for what you believe in. That's your all is lost moment. Now, when you start to talk about that and you link that to who you are today in entrepreneurship, that's the thing it links it doesn't have to directly link, but it links. It flows into who you are as an entrepreneur, Right. And then people start to buy into you because they're buying into your story and into your vision. That comes first, then your product's next.
0: Mm, that's a very critical part because a lot of people, they just go after it for, simply for the fact, short-term economics like I've always said. But, man, it's always, always about the story first because then, of course, they buy into you. They yeah. don't really care necessarily about the products anymore. They care about what you're doing, you know?
2: Here's the thing. Whatever I can guarantee whatever you sell, there's a million other people out there who sell the same thing.
0: That's absolutely right. Yeah. Right?
2: So what makes yeah. you different to them? And it's the thing, when you create your personal story, I mean it's the thing, you can have a thousand testimonials. I can guarantee there's people out there who have a thousand testimonials as well, sometimes even more, right? Yeah. What makes you different and what sets you apart from the competition where you can get to a place where there is no competition is when you create your personal story because everyone's story is unique. So when you create that personal story and you plug that into your content strategy and into your marketing and into your personal brand there is no competition anymore. You're completely different. And then it becomes a whole different ballgame. But people just don't understand that because they're so heavily focused on, oh, well, this person is doing Facebook ads. I'm doing Facebook ads. How can I compete with them? You don't compete. You become different.
0: Uh, That is a critical... Boy, that's a very, very important (laughs) point. You know, I see a lot of people... Perry, to be honest with you, there are a lot of people out there that do not... Not only want to tell their personal story, but... I don't know if you like, like the most compelling stories I've ever heard. Of course, you know, obviously yours. Uh, at least because people who have been through and just hell as a child, but seeing where they are today, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if we look again, love them, love them to death. If we look at the Tom Bilyeu's and we look at the Gary V and these, and there are they're amazing individuals like Tom Billy, he would, use, you know, do something called impact quotes Whereas he puts all these quotes together, but I'm like, Tom, I need to see the real you. I don't yeah, care yeah. about the quotes. I don't care about the da 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 da. That's all sounds good. But how did you apply that to your life? See, a lot of people, they don't show that aspect. And uh-huh. when You don't show that aspect. I'm like, Oh, y- you know, how can I be more unique? And so that's why I love putting my story out there. I didn't know anything about storytelling to be honest with you. Same. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, but this this is the thing, right? It's because when I got into entrepreneurship and four years into it, nobody on social media was bridging personal to business. That was keeping it strictly business, right? Yeah. So I didn't even know that that bridge even could exist. Yeah, exactly. So I, I started to share my personal story for me because I needed to heal. I needed to know who I was. I needed that clarity. So I did it for like in a selfish way I just did it for me I didn't care about anybody else to begin with I shared that story for me right and I didn't even know the impact it would have on people I didn't I couldn't see that far right mm-hmm. so when I shared it and people started to message me and this particular guy in the America he said how much I helped him got him out of this dark spot I'm like hold on a second and I was like but how I it just I, I couldn't even think because I'm like how do, how on earth did this happen right and then, and then just as a ripple effect, people just started messaging me like, wow, thank you. Well, how can I do this? It's so amazing that you found forgiveness. How can I do it? And then I just started to help them, mentor them in, in a way. And, get, and now I just get messages like, I got one yesterday on Instagram. about, And I barely even you knew the person, right? And I just said, I've been following your content. And what you've been saying is just really helped me come out of these dark spots and into sort of this clarity world to, to actually know what I want to do and break the chains holding me back and find forgiveness, right? Because she wasn't, she kept on holding grudges and she was letting these things hold her back because Tom, Dick, or Harry did this to her and she couldn't move on. And she was able to find that forgiveness and move on. And that's just the the impact that you have when you had that courage to put yourself out there unapologetically. There we go. Uh,
0: I love saying that. Unapologetically. Well, I can't even say it, but yeah. Yeah.
1: so so, how do you help people to find forgiveness then? Because that's like one thing that I've seen a lot is people just hold grudges, you know, and it takes over their life. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: And they can't, think, you know, there's no clarity. They can't yeah. think straight. It's like the cobwebs in their head.
2: Yep. Um, here's my the thing. Really
0: much, you know what I mean? So she's been holding it for 30 years against my own, you know, my father who's been out of her life for 30 years. I'm like, she's just tossed away literally 20 to 30 years of her life that is not the way you want to live so yeah i mean again para you coming from that perspective where you know you have that story in terms of you being sexually molested as a child and whatnot yeah you hold that grudge against him i mean did you hold it against anyone else did you try like and blank like saying you know what you guys kind of knew or did did, i don't know what what yeah
2: yeah i'm so like with the question i just got so how how do you help people find forgiveness is um the first main thing that you need to understand is i can't force people to forgive right so they need to be in a place where they are willing and open-minded for that possibility to forgive otherwise it ain't happening it isn't happening so my dad um he was the king i am talking the king of grudges right he was Just out of this world, in like he will remember everything that we've done, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) everything. (laughs) Oh
2: yeah. I'm like, how do you remember this, Dad? Like, and his stress levels was always so high. He had high blood pressure. He was on tablets. I'm like, Dad, this is because you keep on holding grudges. And the biggest grudge he ever held was against my my real mum, right? So my mum, my mum left us when I was like four or five. She walked out just because she just wasn't happy in the relationship anymore. And uh, there was this whole thing. It, when it comes down to who's right, who's wrong, I'm in a place which I have been for a while where I'm like, I don't care who's right, who's wrong. If you did it, so like, my dad was always holding his grudge that my mum cheated on him. Right? That's what he always said. He always said it, and that my mum put my dad into a bad light. So whenever growing up, and I always talk about my mum, he will always have a grudge about my mum. Right? He wouldn't say anything nice about her, kind of thing. And um, and I'm like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. And some people will be like, well, how are you able to move on from that period? Like, he did wrong to you. I'm like, well, yeah, he did do wrong to me, but what am I going to do about it? It's in the past. Like, there is no benefit to this. So with
1: when, with know. my... Sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, yeah, I just think that's such a... Because like, I see it, like, every day. I think it's just such a huge mindset shift. And you know, everything you're talking about, I can totally relate to. Um, yeah, just... Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. No, but I like that. I love
2: it because <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 um, it's vital. It is a mindset shift. It is. And it's a big shift. So, um, like my, it, right. So with my situation with Michael and husband, um, I funny enough, you asking that actually, I, um, whenever I look back on that time, I would never, I'd never hold held a grudge against Michael. Definitely growing up. I didn't, um, mm. never held a grudge against him. It was always a grudge against myself for not stopping it. Mm. Um, and when I started to tap into that story, and here's something I want to talk about now is that my cousin, she's currently going through the process. When I was last with her, I said to her, have you forgiven Michael? Because when I came out about this story with Michael, what he did to me, I found out that there was me plus three other family members that was a victim to Michael as well, right? My cousin being one of them. And um, we, w- when I was with her talking about it, I helped her pluck up the courage to share her story of her going through bullying and her going through the stages of what Michael did to her on Facebook. The same thing as me, right? And um, I said to her that you need to find a place where, and here's the thing, some people agree with this, some people won't agree with this. And, but it worked for me where I forgave myself in for that situation. That was great. I tried to move on and I was able to move on considerably more, but there was still something holding me back. And, that was, and I came to the realization that it's because I hadn't forgiven Michael yet. And here's the thing. Some people are like, we don't have to forgive that guy. No, you don't have to. But I feel like I was in a position where I needed to. And I was able to, yeah, to, to move forward. I was able to forgive him. It did help me forgive him a little bit more, make the process easier. When I found like his backstory, when I found out that he grew up in a, a, a priest boarding school with his brother who got abused sexually by the priests there in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay. No, that doesn't excuse him for doing what he he did. But I can understand, in a way, how he got to where he was, the type of person that he was. So that that enabled me to forgive him and move forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you know, like I do talk about understanding as well sometimes, um, and I think even that is very difficult for people to understand themselves if that makes sense. To yeah, you know, even just to especially with like a situation like that, you know? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll yeah, you, you have anything to
0: yeah I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, what's so fun. I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. Um, this happened just yesterday and I got a message. <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know what happened, but I'm a, she's like, Hey, were you on this particular website three to four years ago? I'm like, okay, let me think in my mind. Let me think all the way three to four years ago. Um, I don't know, maybe. She's like, oh my God, I remember you. You said some things to me and I'm not happy about it. I was like, oh, Arsenio of the past said some things to you. Well, you know what? I can't do anything about that because I don't know that <laughs> Arsenio anymore.
2: It's
0: the grudges. We're going back to the grudges because people, they cling, on, they hold on to this. And I'm like, listen, Anything I was in the past, even when I was a child of this or that, hey, ooh, that's, sorry, oops, I'm not, uh, well, you know what, I'm not going to say sorry. I'm not going to apologize because that was Arsenio of an entire different paradigm. So when it comes to holding grudges, man, what's what's the best way, what's the best thing to do to, like, get rid of these grudges? Because, I mean, we see it all around us. It can be family members holding on, like you just said, Perry, and whatnot. It's always to just confront the past. You know what I mean? Confront it and then complete it. And a lot of people, they need closure. Like, you know, the the cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back probably about 20, what, 15 years ago, Rondé Barber. His mother was, you know, she was killed. And the only way he could get over that and get over the hump was by confronting the killer. And the killer actually said, I'm sorry for killing your mom. And you know what? Rondé was able to move on with his life. So it's all about confronting. Right. The, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of like what we do with our storytelling. It's like, you know what, I'm going to confront myself and at the same time, put myself out there.
2: Yeah. That's the thing. I think, yeah, there's two aspects to that. The first one is, is to confront it. You've got to be brave enough and courageous enough to confront that, that quote unquote demon. Um, and it, I think there's definitely a heavy aspect of self-worth and self-confidence because if you don't feel worthy and I I found this as a very, as a big common link with a lot of the people that i dealt with is that the people that I have found who have not been able to move on from their past are usually are the same type of people who don't have that confidence. They don't have the self worth. They don't believe that they're worthy of great things, right? Because these things are holding them back. And, um, a big part of that is that they need to start working on their self-confidence, start to love themselves, do positive affirmations, like start to believe that they're worthy. Because when they start to believe that they're worthy and they do have a rightful place in this earth and have a rightful choice to have a big vision and impact the world in some way, then they feel worthy enough to not let these things hold them back because they're like, well, I'm better than that. But yeah. them saying, I'm better than that, won't happen if they don't have that self-confidence. Then they'll still be a victim of the past. Boom. That was
0: me. Yeah. Yeah as you were saying that.
2: Oh.
1: It's, it's Luke.
0: It's,
1: yeah. yeah. So um I think just could just quickly go back to what what Harry said um in the beginning. I think I'm kind of story like number one, like in situation like number one. So I had like a, an amazing upbringing and so on and so forth. But it was just like from when I went through college and that I just knew that there was just something bigger. You know, it was like I was kinda of like in this box because I've always been quite shy and quiet and everything. And I just felt felt like for all my life I was just like in this box and just like was wanting to like explode out if that makes sense. Because, you know, I was just a shy, timid, quiet kid, you know, all the way through. Um, you know, through, through school, college, whatever, whatever. Um, so yeah, I just had that kind of like desire, kind of, I suppose, within me just like burst out of this box. That's definitely how it felt.
2: Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, right? Like just because it's your normal, it doesn't mean it's somebody else's normal. So you having a normal upbringing, um, even somebody who had a rich upbringing, they got rich parents. That's still part of their story. And that's still worth talking about because it just shows that, that you just had a different upbringing than somebody else. And I think a lot of people, they, um, a lot of people, compare themselves to somebody else's story
1: i, 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 I see a lot of people do that. i suppose yeah. I, I suppose like what's normal like is this i suppose this is the question as well maybe. that's what
0: i'm saying because a lot of people they try saying oh terry like i remember some posters terry cruz was given a gold cast speech and they were like oh terry cruz you haven't been through anything i've been through this i'm like how are you gonna compare what yeah. you've been through mm-hmm. with someone whoa whoa yeah.
2: Yeah, that's it, right? And yeah, some people are like, oh, but I've had a normal upbringing. Yeah, that's normal to you. Does everybody has a different outlook? That's why no story's the same. True, yeah,
1: true, very true. So, um, just to like wrap things up, would you have like any final thoughts for our, for our listeners? Is
2: a good question. Um, when it comes to building up your your personal brand, which everybody should be doing. Um, especially as an entrepreneur is that it is so, it is so vital for you to start plugging your story into your content and, um, don't think about, well, how can this bring me money? How can this do me? Because here's the thing, if you haven't hidden agenda to you sharing your story, you've lost. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. people are going to see that they're going to smell that from a mile away. And I see this a lot. Now, it's a great thing. Like, storytelling is starting to get on the rise now in, in the social media world. Um, but then again, I don't know if this is, there's a word to it. It's like, you know, if I tomorrow go out and buy a red mini, I'm going to start to see red minis everywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I read about that, actually. Um, yeah. And I know what you're on about. because uh, like if I if, It's funny, like, if I ever buy a new car, then I see loads of that same car exactly around. yeah i definitely know what you're, you're on about i can't remember the word either, yeah. but, um, it's
0: yeah, weird crazy scientific yeah yeah i know what you guys are talking
1: it
2: about. is so like what i was gonna say there is that i was just about to say i don't know if storytelling may be on the rise because i start to see it a lot more but then it could be what we just talked about there right but regardless or whatever it is i've seen people who have who are like well okay so i see that storytelling is a way to be authentic it's a way to create that human connection so I'm going to start to force these stories out, force these emotions into my storytelling, and they just—they're missing the whole point. As soon as you start to force, as soon as you have it, as soon as you have an hidden agenda, you're not authentic anymore. You know, you're still wearing this mask. You're still trying to fit in. But that was such a huge shift for me, and because I'm like, how could I win by being me? Uh, how how could I grow my influence? Uh, growth, money, whatever systems. If I'm just being me, like I need to have this identity to grow, like a business to grow. I can't grow as being me. So that was a hard concept for me to grasp. Right. But I just made that action of just sharing my story out there and then everything just fell into place. It's like a domino effect. So for the people that are listening to this, just put one foot in front of the other, you know. Like it's a lot of races and marathons. So start creating your story. Start making your own transformation. Start to live yourself, you know, and then everything else will just fall into place.
1: Yeah, love it. Okay, great stuff. Thank you, Perry, for joining us. Um,
0: I'll
1: yeah, send uh, yeah, you. Perry. Yeah, I'll send you. Do you have anything to add?
0: nah i wish we could definitely make this longer but you know what we'll probably have to add that in so uh but yeah man perry that was good we're gonna have to bring you on for another topic because you are uh, hey you my brother as always
2: <laughs> cheers buddy thanks for having me on guys it's been awesome
1: no worries no wow. worries. and we would definitely bring you on again if, if you're up for it
2: always
0: every time don't worry all right guys all cheers guys all right peace. did you find this episode helpful if you did please leave a review And don't forget to subscribe. New episodes of the Motivational Mentors podcast are available every Tuesday and Friday.